Welcome to the LC Parent Podcast, where we get real about the struggles, victories, and laughs we share as parents. All right. Thank you all so much for being with us today. We are so excited about a series that we're doing here on the LC Parents Podcast. And really what we're exploring is how is it that our faith should impact our parenting? And clearly, as believers in Christ, we know that those two things need to intersect and need to be interwoven. And we've had some great guests already on this series, and we're super excited about who I'm going to have an opportunity to introduce you to today. But my name is Allie Evans, and I have been on staff here at Life Church for 20 years. In Next Gen Ministry, we focus on everything related to kids and student programming, the relationships that we build with students and children, and another caring adult in addition to yours, you as the parent, the listeners, you all are the most influential voice in the life of your child. But all of our kids need more than the influence of just us. Because if you guys have, if anybody that's listening has uh, a preteen, maybe even late elementary, you've already sort of gotten the, you know, you can tell your child the same thing over and over and they think you're crazy. But as soon as, you know, Miss Becky from Switch says it or from Connect says it, now all of a sudden it's the gospel. So we all know that we need other adults speaking truth and speaking life into our kids. And we talk on the podcast all the time about how important it is that we as parents have community and that we allow and invite other adults who believe what we believe to speak life and truth. And so I hope that this podcast is that for you. I hope that we have guests on that benefit you through the conversations we have here on the podcast with our guests, that you can walk away feeling more confident in your ability to parent and that you'll know that you are not alone. So today, I want to introduce you to our guest. I'm so, so pumped for you guys to hear from her. I'm going to introduce you to Amy Newberry. Amy, thank you so much for being with us on the show. You're so welcome. I'm <laughs> glad to be here. So we had lunch a, a few weeks back, and I, I could have spent three or four hours with you. That lunch could have extended <laughs> into a coffee and then a dessert. Of course, with me, it can always extend into a dessert. <laughs> but um, the conversation, I think we started kind of in one little bucket of what it means to parent. We were specifically talking about some of the challenges related to pandemic, Mm -hmm. but because of your profession, because of your passion and because of your faith in Jesus, man, there is, you have a wealth, a wealth of information and a wealth of inspiration for our listeners. So tell us a little bit about you. What's your title? What are you passionate about? What do you actually do? So my name is Amy, and by title, I am a licensed professional counselor. I am the clinical supervisor at Restore Family Counseling by passion. I am a mother of four. I have a 17-year-old, a 15-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 5-year-old. And there's a doctorate <laughs> degree in between those sets of kids, by the way. So that's kind of been my journey. And I'm I'm the wife to Joshua, who Ooh. is a great husband, leader in our family. Yeah. And I'm so happy to be here, by the way. Thank you. And thank you for lunch, too. Oh, gosh. Yes, <laughs> of course. So let's jump right into it. You as the feelings doctor. I am a feelings doctor. <laughs> the kids call you the feelings doctor. I love that. As that, in that role, you've had the opportunity to be, I'm sure, an incredible blessing to a lot of families in our community here. But Tell us a little bit about the work that you've been doing, particularly because of the pandemic. Not that mental health challenges with children is some new thing, but it certainly has been magnified, I would imagine, in the last year. Yes. Yeah, so um, I don't say this lightly. And, and and as you're listening today, just just know that everyone of the 
the mental health professionals that are out there working with kids and families are are hearing you, seeing you, and valuing oh, you where good. you are right now and how hard this has been. It's not getting easier. It's getting harder. And that's what we've been seeing, particularly with the pandemic. We're mostly concerned about isolation. We're mostly concerned about saying like, hey, there's so much necessity to community, but oh yeah, you can't have that right now. Right. Um, and we're also really worried as is every listener who I think is is hearing this about the screen addiction and the mm. screen time. I mean, I think that's the, the biggest part to the actual symptom of pandemic. And with those two particular things, isolation and addiction, for kiddos, we're seeing increased behavioral needs and increased conflict resolution mm. needs. That's so a lot so of good, times, yeah. um, you know, kids are coming in and I have found myself more, by the way, I've been doing this over 10 years. I have found myself doing more social skill builds Hmm. in the last year and social stories with kiddos who have just lost touch with that everyday, you know, interaction and play. And then even going to school on an AB schedule, which, I mean, hey, we're grateful for anything we can get right now. Right. You've got such a gap in time that they're spending with peers that we're trying to We're trying to make that up in the offices with a lot of conflict resolution and social skill work. So, hey, even if you say we're doing fine, everything's okay, don't hesitate to reach out to a mental health professional just to do some emotional check-ins with your kiddos as you're integrating back into school and life. Gosh, that's so good. (laughs) Because now we're saying, hey, you don't have to have these severe symptomatic needs to come in and and see a mental health professional. Yes. Like we're... If anything, this pandemic has made, has put a a magnifying glass over the need to engage our emotional, mental selves. That's so good. That is so good. That's wonderful. And I feel like I'm making a note to myself about the sort of social skill building that Mm -hmm. you mentioned, that that might be a whole episode in and of itself, because, you know, there's, there's a lot to that. Uh, anyway, it seems like with this emerging generation, yeah. the idea of building social skills beyond using their thumbs mm-hmm. to communicate, I really think we could we could have a whole entire episode on that. Gosh, you know, teenagers who are fearful of going on job interviews to interview to work at, you know, the local fast food restaurant or to a retail mm-hmm. establishment because they don't know how to talk to adults, you know. Right, so right, anyway, right, right. we'll do that. We'll have a whole episode on that. <laughs> but one of the things that, that I think I got most excited about and felt like was incredibly relevant while we had lunch together is the conversation around equipping parents in a very practical way to handle some of the behavioral challenges, again, that we've always had. Behavioral challenges with children aren't new. Correct. Um, but again, magnified. And then also, you know, when when you are home virtual schooling your kids, mm-hmm. also trying to work a full-time job, also trying to prioritize either your marriage or other relationships or care for your elderly parent, all of those things, and have a social life, and provide self-care to yourself. Somehow in the midst of all of that, your fuse, in in kind of layman's term, may feel very, very short. Correct. So there's this managing the behavior of my child while I'm also probably struggling with my own emotional and mental challenges. So I'd love for you to help us, help the parents that are listening 
know how to how do I how do I do that? How do I help my child when behavior seems so erratic and all over the place and I don't understand why they're slamming doors and not doing homework and being disrespectful and fill in the blank, right? right. So how, what what are your thoughts there? Get us started. Okay. Well, first of all, mom and dad, I see you. I'm with you. I'm for you. I know for fact that we are all wrapped up in the behavioral outlets of of what's happening. Part of part of this though, mom and dad, is that like it's just right up front and center for mm. us. I mean, we are juggling a lot perspective-wise in terms of a lot of moving parts every single day. Like even if you're you still have your daycare, you're still you still have to make sure that, you know, all the virtual remote learning stuff has gotten finished. And there's just a lot more there that I think has caused a, a level of intensity. But I want to tell you something really cool. Your child, who is made in the image of our God, was made to be curious and calm. Believe it or not, trust me, I'm going somewhere with this. Confident, courageous. This is how God made us, connected. All these C words, right? Yes. There's actually eight C words. Confident, courageous, calm, clarity, compassionate. And that's who God made your child to be in themselves and who and who God made you to be also. And this is what we want. This is when I say we're made in his image. This is when we're at our best selves. This is yeah. when we are connected to our God. We're connected to our community. And, and more importantly, we're connected to our family. We're compassionate. We have all of those resources available to us because that's how God made us. But there are also other parts of us. There are managers these are things like control. Anxiety is a manager, believe oh. it or not. <laughs> yeah. um, depression can even be a manager. Um, when you say manager, do you mean manager of kind of my emotions yes, or feelings? Yes, these or? are managers of our okay. feelings. Avoidance is a manager. Avoidance is also a protector. And then we have our protectors. These are This is another part of ourselves. Also made in the image of God, we are... We don't like to feel pain. Mm. Stress is hard for us. So what what do we do? We protect. And I, I I think the main thing in terms of I won't get so far into internal family systems here. The main thing is to know that anger and behavior are protectors. When your child is losing control of their anger, there or or any sort of protector that is there. They're saying, hey, I've got a feeling that I'm protecting, and uh, underneath that is a need. Hmm. So when I just say something very simple like, hey, I, I, don't, I didn't want to blanket a statement in here today saying like, well, all there's a need behind every behavior and you not understand what that need was. The need behind that behavior is either an emotional need or... It's a protector and a manager that's pulling away from the resources of our natural self, which is calm, connection, clarity, compassion, all of those things. Okay, so give me an example, because what you're doing is you're giving me good language. You're giving me some language um, on the front side of understanding that when there's a behavior that as a parent, I'm challenged by. Mm -hmm. My kid is throwing their Legos across the room. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm angry, so I'm having my own thing, right? It's like, why are you doing that? You just saw that I just cleaned the house. I need to address that. 
and and you're talking about protectors. I like that language. So help me understand. Walk me through that scenario, and then what do I do as a parent to help? You know, I've I've heard the term de-escalate. Yeah, de-escalate. something like that. So how do I? <laughs> what do all, I do? We're all needing those skills these days. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. So yeah, great language just to help you understand all the moving parts. That's all you need to take away from that section, that really clinical section, was there are lots of moving parts when your kids are acting out. So when a child is disrespectful, defiant, or losing their ever-loving mind, the first thing to notice is yourself in that scenario. What part of you is unnerved by that? Are you, you know, what is unnerving? And then after that, and I'm going to, I'm going to help you guys with that in just a second. After that, the next question within, I mean, we're talking seconds here is what is the need behind this kid right now? Mm, Okay. You know, and if it is something that needs to be addressed, here's what I, I told you at the lunch, there's kind of a three step rule here that will help so much. The first thing is to calm yourself and calm the child. Okay. So A lot of times, I mean, you guys, this is nothing new. I'm sure you've heard this before in lots of different parenting realms, but you can actually tell the child to take a a time in or a time out or to take a break. I always say, take a break, get a drink of water. And I pull myself out of the situation and kind of, I know, I do a body scan of myself. Like this is so, (laughs) such a therapist thing, but I I start breathing. I notice where my breath is and I notice where my tension is. Where Mm. am I holding my tension? For me, it's usually around my neck or my shoulders. And I, and I'm like, okay, I need to calm that part of my body so I can address this child and their crazy behavior. Right, right. (laughs) Um, And then second thing is to connect with the child moms and dads try this I mean hey if I'm wrong there's no shame in being wrong but it works for me I actually get down with my kids and my I have all ages of children but for my two little guys my five and seven year old I ask them to give me two eyes and two hands so they actually hold my hand and look in my eyes and that's my form of connection that comes right before I'm going to correct so these are my three C's calm. calm connect Correct. Okay. With my teenagers now, this is different because teenagers are a whole other realm of of um, podcasting. I think. <laughs> um, but with my teenagers, I basically look at it like connection is just getting the wall to come down. That's good. So if especially if it's disrespect, mm-hmm. you're not going to be able to really calm that person connect with them and correct a teenager without getting the wall to come down. Yeah. So I actually will say. Hey, I was wondering, like, I'm I'm getting ready to talk to you about how you spoke to me earlier. And I was just wondering if you could take a minute and just try to calm yourself. Think about what you're feeling. And then maybe just come tell me one feeling word that you've got going on today. You don't even have to explain it. I don't need a long, drawn-out, like, thing. But just come give me one feeling word so it'll put me in the right headspace so I I can address what just happened. I'm telling you this. If you can get your teenager to just say, hey, I'm I'm feeling really embarrassed today, or I'm super jealous, or I feel left out. You don't have they don't have to elaborate on that. They don't have to you don't have to ask a lot of detail around it. Cause that's gonna tell you. That's gonna put their wall back up. Cause yeah. now you're all up in their business and they're not and they're mad about it again. But if they can just tell you one thing, then that's a connection. You can just say, Man, I 
I can see that, you know, you're really struggling with that today. I'm so sorry that happened to you. Man, there's a world of difference in what you're saying from what is going on with you? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that tone. What's wrong with you is usually what we say. Yeah. That would be my my knee-jerk response is, you know, what's going on with you? What's wrong with you? Yeah. You know, so I can tell you that's for, a huge difference. I mean, this just happened in my household. I hope my kids aren't listening to this, but uh, this just happened in my household not too long ago. And I just did this. I said, hey, I'm going to take the trash to the curb because that was my calm down. I was like, I was really thrown off. And, and in my mind, my moving parts were I've been working all day. I, I made breakfast, lunch and dinner before 530 a.m. Like I've been up 10 times longer than this child who just mouthed off to me. Oh, yeah. And I'm tired and I have 27, you know, case notes to write tonight or whatever it is. And I just said to myself, I'm going to take out the trash. I'm going to give you a minute to think about what you're feeling. And then when I came back in, I had t- really slowly taken out the trash, <laughs> like just kind of prayers in yes, there. Yes, <laughs> just breathing, saying, Oh Lord, you are the only person that will survive this household today. <laughs> uh, I come back in the house and I, I, all, I, I made eye contact with my teen and I just said, Give me one word, what you got? I need to know what's going on today. And then my teen said, lonely. Oh, wow. And I, and it, it changed the entire course of my correction. And I waited and I just said, yeah. And then my teenager, I, I, I you know, a few minutes later, kind of just gave it some space. They were in the room. We were both kind of side by side. I call that shouldering, mm. being with them without saying much. And I just said, even in your loneliness, I need you to show me respect. Mm. And that was it. And we had a great evening and it did diffuse the situation. And it was that step of like, I'm going to calm my brain down and my, Mm -hmm. I'm going to scan my body for where my stress is because that's where I'm going to hold all this tension. And if I don't notice it, it's going to come out in unhealthy ways that I know are not going to make things better. Yeah. Okay. Just real quick. Let me, because you're saying so much good stuff. So first of all, What's happening with your teen is your teen had this language. Like that wasn't your first rodeo that you guys have had. So help us. Let's give the parents some, how can we get there? Because what you have with your teens, you have relationship. You obviously have valued relationship. We talk about that on the podcast almost every episode, that having an ongoing healthy conversation with your children, regardless of age, is critical because they need to know that you know them. And you've said what I think is so neat about you, Amy, is at least twice to our listeners, you've said, "Hey, parents, I see you. We see you." That's so important, and it's it's really important for our children to know that from their parents. I think as our children age, for some reason, we tend to back off. Like they need their independence at thirteen, so I'm going to withdraw. When what I'm hearing you say is, with your teens, you're leaning in. Mm-hmm. The relationship is stronger. It's built so that even when there is, doesn't mean your home's perfect. You still had someone mouth off, oh, but yeah. you now have language. So if we were to begin using this tactic with our 12-year-old, 14-year-old, we feel like, gosh, I'm too late to the party. Well, how can you help us get, like, what's some of that language that our kid needs to know? I think, I wonder if a lot of kids would know that loneliness is what I'm looking for. Just help me understand where you are because I, I see you, I hear you. So there are two really important parenting tactics here that are especially and and really a human need. And, you know, I am a study, I'm a student of psychology, so I've really looked into the inner workings of this. But um, when we say that we need to feel connected, what we're saying is we connect by being seen, valued, and heard. Mm. 
So in the context of community, when you're saying, hey, you need community, what you're telling your your parents and your families is like you need to find a group of people that you feel safe enough with to be seen, valued, and heard. Wow. And then you keep everything in the open. Yeah. And you don't have to close yourself off because you're you're seen, valued, and heard. For my kids, I had one parenting goal, and that was intimacy. And what I meant by intimacy was into me, you see. So I wanted it for myself and I wanted it for my kids, which meant I had to create an environment where they felt like they could stay open. Right. And when, and that does not mean we don't have conflict because you listen, I'll parade every last one of my family members in here. and We can talk <laughs> about that another time. But if you're sitting in your carpool line right now thinking, well, that's just a perfect family. Absolutely not. We have had to wrestle with all the same tough issues that you're wrestling with. I've dealt with screen time. I've dealt with addiction that we've dealt with boyfriends, girlfriends, all those things. Yeah. Um, but we kept as the banner over our relationship with our kids, this idea that we would we would stay into me, you see. Ooh. We would stay there. So then we made, you know, we just created an emotional safe place for our kids to be who they really are, which is an, an emotional, needy, interconnected person. That's We're made in that image. Right. Um, and we have a deep need to be seen. Yeah. So here's, here's a little... Nugget. I know we're, we're closing in on, on your carpool line here, but when your kid, most of the time, I'm going to, if it's a normative and a normative behavior pattern, most of the time, the need behind your kid's behavior is to be seen or heard. Hmm. It's attention seeking. Like their, their defiance is I can't accept no, or it's either I can't accept no, or I need to be seen. Mm. And so that connection part, if if you miss that step before you correct, I think that's the hardest thing to keep them open. What yeah. keeps them open is the connection. There's so much power and truth behind connection. That's so good. Uh, gosh, there's just so much gold there. So calm. So the first step when there's this behavior, whatever it may be, is to calm yourself, calm your child. And then hold on, I thought of yes. something. If your toddler won't stay in timeout, then just go put yourself in timeout. <laughs> That's actually I, really good. I actually just need you to let yourself off the hook for the fact that your kid won't stay there and you go calm yourself and I promise you it'll be fine. <laughs> you know, that really is a real reflection of what Robin said. It's like, okay, maybe it's not about you, kid. Maybe this is about me. Yeah, like I'm if your kid isn't out. listening to their punishment or their their consequence, then you just go calm and connect and correct yourself <laughs> and I think you'll be fine. That's good. That's really, that's but, real. But that's seriously, relevant. the first part of this is to somehow have the kids self-regulate. And if you need self-regulation techniques for your kids, Google it or look on Pinterest, but make your kid a calm down box. Oh. Make your kids something in the car if they're fighting a lot or if you guys are in intense interactions around dinner bedtime, make a, make a calm down corner in your house and just say, hey, cute little Annie, I need you to go sit by the calm down box and use your calm down bottle. Mommy's going to finish dinner. What um, is in there? What's in a calm so down box? You could, you could put certain special toys. You can put a squishy ball is one Ooh. I put in there. Uh, I put a bubble wand or a birthday candle because they could practice blowing out their birthday candle. Ooh. This is so therapy. Without fire. This is your free therapy, <laughs> mom and dads. You don't even have to pay your copay for this one. Um, and then or something special that they can do it's a little bucket of any 
form or fashion, and it's just just call it their calm down box. That's good. And when they need, and if you need help getting your kid to calm down, yeah, make them a calm down box. Okay, so we're calming, and then we connect. Mm-hmm. Two eyes, two hands, or hey. What feeling word do you want to say right now? Just some sort of emotional connection is what mm-hmm. you're looking for. That's good. And, and then, then your correct. correction. Okay. So I think a lot of us, when we hear correction, what we're looking for is a list of punishments that are appropriate. But what I heard you say to your teen was correction, but it wasn't punishment. It was right. the next time we're in this situation, I'm going to need you to be respectful or, or something. Mm-hmm. So talk to us a little bit about correction. Before we wind down our time. Yeah, we're running out of time. I Sorry, know, guys. So oh, much. Um, when I I discipline, which this would be in terms of consequence for disrespect and defiance, mm. disobedience and disrespect. I don't discipline if it's not those two things. Okay. So if it's something that occurred at school that's behavioral and I I may I've even had to go and sign like little incidents reports and things like that we just talk that stuff through we Mm. do a lot of talking at our house and then we figure out I do I do social stories my kids are so sick of their therapist mom (laughs) Um, but I do social stories with them on how they can handle those things differently and I that's actually me correcting them without having this harsh tone or having to have this punishment consequences are for disobedience and disrespect so because there's so few things that I deal out consequence for, they take those two things pretty seriously. Mm-hmm. Um, when I correct my kids, I am thinking about my life values. That's one moving part. And I'm thinking about their character. That's good. And if I can get out of that conversation with them knowing what I expect uh, out of them and what their what that character build is, I don't have to deal out a lot of, you know, room times or things like that. Right. Um, there, I don't take phones unless it's disrespected disobedience. And our kids know, like, hey, if you're doing things on your phone, that's disobedience. You're going to lose your phone. Right. Um, and so they kind of understand. And I think we've always been really clear with our expectations with what we mean when when we say don't disrespect us or Adults, Others, yeah, or people, right? <laughs> like even your peers Brothers and sisters, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and no dis and no disobedience. Right. Conflict is not corrected with a consequence. Conflict is corrected with conflict resolution skills. Okay, there's our next episode. Okay, so conflict is corrected with resolution skills. Yeah, literally, that will be another episode. Okay. So thank you so much for that. Did it you have so, one final? Yeah, I just want to tell you guys that you know I know things are difficult right now, so I just want you to hold on to Jesus uh. because there's not a single parent out there right now that's not worried about where our kids are educationally. And there's not a single parent out there that's not just overall spent. So hold on, moms. Hold on, dads. And if you really do need help today, if you're thinking like, okay, that was cute, but my stuff is beyond this, please call your your friendly mental health professionals. We will sit with you in this space, and we will hold this space with you. Yes. Thank you so much. And, you know, if you're thinking, I don't know, who a mental health professional is in my community. I don't know who to ask for a recommendation. Call your campus, call your church, call Life Church. We're going to have probably some recommendations and references for you. So, gosh, Amy, thank you so much. Thank you for being willing to do another episode because I can't wait to talk about conflict. That's a whole other thing. 
Um, we're going to also, after we stop our recording, we're going to ask Amy for some resources. She asked us to Google and to look on Pinterest for some things. I bet she might have a few things that we can put in the show notes for you, maybe some links out to some specific sites that she already values um, in any other books or references that we can go to. We'll put any of her favorite resources on our show notes. Thank you again. Thank you all for listening. We hope that you'll subscribe and share this episode with people that you know that need it. We'll see you this weekend at church.